The theme of this book, The 32nd Wars, is meant to present a modest set of guidelines for political candidates who identify with a conservative ideology. I propose to examine most of the aspects that can determine victory or defeat in a political war. Electoral campaigns are wars where no prisoners are taken, and the method of warfare is rarely clean. My personal experience in running for an office is very limited. I only ran for city council positions, tallying a disappointing 11% of the votes in a contest with 10 other candidates and for positions on the board of directors of various utility commissions. Those experiences, however, were quite instructional since I discovered for the first time in my life that there are no politics without bargaining with the special interests. The push-pull action between candidates, electorate, and power brokers can be nauseating. My real political education did not come from college classes, even though I took some government and political economics courses, but through direct participation in the electoral process as a supporter, opponent, and voter. My predilection for conservative causes stems from my early life, experience under communist regimes, and the fear of having their policies implemented here in the USA. I never liked getting involved in the electoral process. I studied in detail the candidates and their positions, making my opinions known in the media through various publications, including some on the Internet. I did scan the foreign press for other people's take on crucial events in the U.S., discovering that reporters and editors in other countries had a much better understanding of American events than our national press. Many of their realistic evaluations of the American political climate were discounted as uninformed or simply classified as insignificant filler and thus placed on the back pages in our publications. To say that I welcomed wholeheartedly the emergence of the Tea Party would be an understatement. America needed an outlet to allow the average working person, overwhelmed by the tax load, to find his or her true representation. The Tea Party fulfills that role brilliantly. It is not a matter of Democratic or Republican or independent electoral platforms, but one of survival for the American way of life, External and internal enemies try incessantly to destroy the very base that sets America apart from any other nation. They use warfare in every single field of human endeavor in a well-defined economic, cultural, military, and ideological attack. If you did not observe this aspect by now, you may be doomed to cooperate with the engineers of destruction and you may have to eat the bitter fruit of your own disappointment. Historically, Both American political powerhouses, the Democrats and the Republicans, acted in what they perceived to be in the best interest of the entire country from a a field of visions placed predominantly either only to the right or to the left. There were differences, of course, but only in certain nuances of their methodology. Over the years, both parties moved to the left, leaving the right field filled with some unsavory or caustic ideologies. That's why the Tea Party had to be invented out of a natural necessity. Traditionally, and most visibly right after the Civil War, the entire Democratic Party identified with the South's resentment to federal policies in regard to slavery, war reparations, and Reconstruction. It was the party of the Ku Klux Klan, of segregation against civil rights as we know them now. The Republican Party advocated federal unity at any cost, the abolition of slavery, and entertained the ridiculous idea of equal access to private property and free enterprise for all, including the Negroes. That flew in the face of the democratic traditions that the power brokers of the South subscribe to. It is ironic that today the Democratic Party cultivates an image totally contrary to its historical positions and practices. 
It was the Republican ideology that eliminated the institution of slavery, the segregation in public places, including schools and colleges, and set the tone for a vibrant economy with a minimum of government interference. If John F. Kennedy would be alive today, he would be a Republican. He cut taxes, regulations, and supported the traditional idea of American exceptionalism in almost everything he did. He even attempted to abolish the Federal Reserve Bank. So was Richard M. Nixon, with the exception of the strong-handed tactics he used to interfere with the free enterprise by freezing prices, creating the EPA, and in the ways he managed an unpopular...